we are starting a new series this week, and we are going to be preaching for a few weeks on this topic, different areas in the topic, but it's this, knowing my life's direction. So I'm going to make this personal. It's for each of us, but it's also for the pastor. So knowing my life's direction. So the first thing I need to ask, do you know your life's direction? First of all, do you know where you're going? You can't know the direction if you don't know where you're going. So I got to ask that. You see, the first thing, you need to know your final destination. You can't say, hey, we're going on holidays. We have no clue where we're going. Let's start driving. You won't get there. Do you know that? At some point, you're going to have to pick a destination to get there. It just goes without saying. Now, as human beings, we know that our final destination is going to be the grave and then heaven or hell. Okay, according to scripture, every person living, the final destination is the grave and then our spirits will be in heaven or hell. Hebrews 9.27 says, As it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. So it's appointed on men and women once to die. In other words, according to Scripture, there's no such thing as reincarnation. You can't live again and again. You've got one life to live. Okay? And then there is only one way you can enter heaven. All right? It's heaven or hell. There's only one way to enter heaven. And, of course, that is accepting Christ as your Savior. John 14, 6 Jesus said to the people, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's only one way to heaven. I want you to get this. Only one way to heaven. Acts 4 verse 12 says, There's salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved except the name Jesus Christ. Christ. There's only one. Now there is only one way to heaven. However, there are many life directions to the grave. As a church, we often preach about, hey, there's only one way to heaven, get saved. And that's a good message, by the way. But what about after you're saved? You have a life to live. But it needs to be lived well. And it needs to be lived with direction and purpose. You see, you can accept Christ and go through life miserable and angry. Or you can go through life joyful and fulfilled. You see, heaven is your final destination. Doesn't guarantee the path and the direction of your life that you'll live. So let me ask again, do we know our life's direction? So this message, we're going a little bit beyond our final destination. We're talking about our path and our direction for living. Because you see, God created each of us with a purpose and a plan for our lives. But if we don't know it, we're definitely not going to follow it. Years ago, I was in the construction business. 
And when you built a house, you had a plan or a blueprint. And they were detailed blueprints. Detailed of how the boards go together in the walls and the size of the headers above the doors and the depth of the floor joists. Measurements to the millimeter for your stair holes and the heights. And my goodness, if you followed the blueprint, your house would look just like the picture when you're done. Blueprints are amazing. I remember one time my late brother and I were building a house, and the owner was looking at the blueprints, and they're like, I bet I could build a house if I followed this. And we didn't laugh or anything, because no, they couldn't have. But the point is, a blueprint definitely makes things possible. You see, you have a blueprint or a plan for your life. Some of you didn't even know it was there. And you've been living and trying and wondering and maybe even frustrated with your life's journey. You see, a person who's confused or has no clue about their life journey will bounce around like a little ball in a pinball machine. And if they're lucky, something good might happen. Has anybody here ever used a pinball machine? I think you can use digital ones online now. But, you know, back in the day, there was the big machine, and you had to push the buttons on the side, and the little arms would hit that ball, and the ball would shoot up here, and it would hit something, and it would bang over there. And if you were lucky, you'd get points. I don't actually think there was any skill involved. I mean, except you hit the button at the right time, and it would hit, like, you know, some guys thought they were really skilled, but... It was bouncing every which way, kind of randomly. And as long as they could get you to put more quarters in, they didn't care. You know, you play, you put the quarters in. But some people live life this way. They're the pinball. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going, but, well, I got fired at this job, so I'll bounce over to this one. So-and-so said I should do this, so I'll do this. I saw something in the news, it's real scary, so I think I'll go hide over here. That's not a good way to live life. God wants you to live life with purpose and a plan. In order to do that, you need to know your life's direction. Because you see, living like something good might happen sounds a little bit like this. Oh, I might win the lottery. I wonder, maybe, or I might get a raise. You know, I wonder, I might make a friend this week. I wonder, maybe I'll find a life partner. I might. You know, I might even go to church if there's nothing better to do. That's pinballing it, and it's a bad way to live. Because mites and maybes... You see, every one of the things I listed here with the mites can be for sures if you have a plan to get there. You see, financial increase comes when you have a plan to get there. A good job and a little bit of understanding of investing and savings and budgeting. You don't need a maybe lottery. You might get a raise. If you're a good hard worker, you're going to get a raise. If you don't quit and start a new job every month, you're going to get a raise for being there for a while. I heard that. It happens. <laughs> for a year, two years, it doesn't have to be a mite. I might make a friend. 
You want to make a friend? Go make a friend. Like, I don't know how. It's really easy. Be friendly. Don't go frown at people or yell at them. That's not how you make friends. Smile. Buy them cheesecake or something. (laughs) Whatever it takes. And I might find a life partner. God has plans for you, and a life partner is in those plans. Except unless his plan is for you to be single for your whole life. I know everybody here is like, oh, that's not me. Hey, if you're like, oh, that's not me, then it's most likely not you. But if you're here and you're like, you know what? I love that idea. It could be you. But it's in the plan. So it's not a might, maybe, I don't know, I'll never figure it out. It's in his plan for your life. So we need to ask ourselves a really good question. How do I know the life direction I'm supposed to take to go through life? I've already accepted Christ. I know my final destination, but I'm confused about my plan. You're like, you know, I think I just won't do anything. I'll just see what happens. That's a good way to end up in your parents' basement playing video games for the rest of your life. (laughs) That's how it works. (laughs) Just see what will happen isn't a plan. Do you hear me? I'm not against video games if like anybody got offended by that. I'm just saying. Without a plan, without a purpose, we just go with what's the easiest and kind of what's there. That's also a way to live that's unfulfilling. Did you know that? You know what? God's got some exciting things for us, but they take a plan. And you need to know the next step in your plan, in your direction. See, the decisions we make and the directions we take each and every day of our life is our life journey. And we are all traveling on our life's journey right now, whether we know it or like it or not. The things that happened to you today were part of your life journey. And the decisions you made, the things you said and did were what created that journey. No, it's God's fault that everything went. No, it's not. Oh, I love it. Get, invite God in. Let him get involved in your journey. Let him open doors. Let him do great things. Yes. And then thank him. But don't do your own thing and then blame him when you don't like it. So the question is, are we moving aimlessly and confused? Or are we just driving around lost, but we keep moving because we have no choice? Have you ever driven lost? I know it's harder to do that nowadays if your GPS is working. You can't really get lost, can you? Oh, yeah. oh somebody said, oh, yeah. <laughs> you just keep going because what else are you going to do? You're like, eventually I'll see something I recognize. That's the old days before GPS. I just wonder what would happen today if the GPS system broke down in Edmonton or something. That would be bad. Everybody would have to pull over. <laughs> I don't know where I am. But that's not a way to live. Unsure, just circling. That's not a way to live. Here's a way some people drive and maybe live. They take the same direction, the same route over and over. So in life, if we're taking the most painful, hurtful road because, well, it's the way we always go. We always take this path of, I need to do the drugs, do whatever it is. And then I'm upset, and then I'm depressed, and then I'm mad, and then I'm back. 
the same road. Did you know you don't have to take the exact same road every time? Or maybe you're just going that way because that's the way everybody else told you to go. That's the way they said they go. You know, there's a, quite a few ways to get to Edmonton from here. Well, I say quite a few. Let's just say a few. You can go through Athabasca, or you can just go straight down through Westlock. But then when you get to Westlock, you can go off this way and end up through St. Albert. Or you can go straight south from Westlock down 44. And you can go all the way to Highway 16, or you can turn off at a couple different spots that take you through roads. Did you know that? Depending where you're going in the city, some of them are quicker. My point is, often we just go the way we've always gone, every single day. So I got a great question for you. Are you enjoying the journey? Because God wants you to enjoy the journey. You see, people who move toward their next their next stopping point, their next goal, with joy and expectancy, they know that the journey is just as important as the final destination. God said, Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. What does that mean? He wants you to live. And He wants you to live abundantly. You can't do that if you're not enjoying the journey. And we enjoy the journey when we know we're going exactly where he's asked. I want to say this to you tonight. You don't need a crystal clear picture of your entire life journey. But you should at least know what your next goal is. What your next adventure is. You should be headed toward the next step in your life's path. If you don't know that. You're living unsure. You're going to be living confused. God wants to direct you on this life journey. Okay, so this message only has a couple points. One, do you know where you're going? Two, do you know that God wants to direct you? He created you. He knew you before you were even born. He knew your gifts. He knew your strengths. He knew your weaknesses. And he said... I've got a plan for you if you want to follow it. And if he created you, it's going to fit you. It will be good. His plan fits you because it's designed just for you. Think about it. Did you know that often we want to do somebody else's plan? How often people are like envious or jealous of somebody else's life journey. You want to do their thing their thing wasn't designed for you. You'd hate it. Well, I could drive one of those fancy cars and be rich. You would hate it. No. If it's not designed for you, you would hate it. Or you'd lose it all really quickly anyways, and then you'd hate that. But either way, if it's not designed for you, it's not yours. Okay, so how do we find out what God wants to say? How does he direct us? Proverbs 3, verse 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. In other words, ask the Lord. Have you asked Him, Lord, what is my next step? 
What is the direction you want me to go here in this life? What do you say? And if you ask him, you pray, it says he will show you. Now, God shows us things and directs us in a few different ways. The first way, and one of the most important, is God will direct us through Scripture. Psalm 119, verse 105 says this, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So I'm talking about this book. It has some truth in there that is important for your everyday journey. Okay, some stuff that... If you practice on a daily basis, it's going to make your daily journey great. Psalm 119, verse 66. I believe in your commands. Now teach me good judgment and knowledge. I used to wander off until you disciplined me. Ouch. But now I closely follow your word. You are good and do only good. Teach me your decrees. You see, God's word will help us make daily decisions that bring great blessing. You know, we do not need an angel to show up or a vision to know if we should regularly attend church or if we should or shouldn't rob a bank. You don't need to hear a word, a voice to know that. Well, why? Because you got it from here. His commandments. So those are basic things. If you follow, you're going to enjoy the journey daily. But I understand for some, okay, we need that for our daily journey, but I want to take this a little further because I believe that God also wants to speak clearly to you your life's plan. So you got that, you understand church, you're reading your Bible, you know about prayer, but what is my life's purpose? Again, I've met people in these different circumstances. I've met People who, yeah, they got saved, but they really had no clue after that what was next. Others, they got saved and they got into the book and they understood, okay, I pray, I read my Bible, and I want to worship God. And so they just would stay in their house and do that. But they didn't have a job, and, you know, things didn't go well. Because there's a life plan, a life journey for you, and you need to know it. So before I go too much farther, how many have a little bit of idea about God's life plan for you? I would say quite a few of you here probably do. I would say many of you are probably on it, but some may be thinking, well, I've been on it for a bit, but I'm not sure what's next. Because you see, this is ongoing for you as a believer. We don't just hear from him once when we're first saved and that's it. We let him direct us ongoing. Because let's face it, he may have asked you to get out there, go get a job at Walmart. But that season's passed. Now you're supposed to get a job at McDonald's. Okay, I'm just throwing these out there, okay? This, this is not a word for anybody here today. You're like, what? I was not pointing fingers. Don't anybody quit at Walmart and, you know, move to McDonald's. The point is there are seasons. Don't just hear them once and never hear them again. There are places he wants you to live. When you moved there, did he say you'd be there till you die? If not, there could be a season where you move somewhere else. Everybody understand that? Okay. Oh, this is good stuff. All right. God wants to direct you by his Holy Spirit. Isaiah 30, verse 21. says, your ears will hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. 
Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. Holy Spirit wants to guide us in our daily lives. He wants to show you your purpose. He wants to show you direction to take on a daily basis. John 6, 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of His own, but will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. The Holy Spirit wants to tell you about your future. Okay? Your future can mean tomorrow. It can mean next month, can mean a few years down the road. He wants to. He wants to show you the things of God and speak to your future. Your future is the path you're supposed to be taking. All right? Where you are right now is where you are right now. If you turn your GPS on, it makes a little blue circle and lights up. That's where you are. But Holy Spirit wants to show you where He wants to take you. Okay? 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8. Okay, Holy Spirit speaks to us in the still, small voice. He also speaks to us through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So I've talked to you before about the still, small voice. I'll just mention it briefly after this, but we'll read this. This is the gifts of the Spirit. It says, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, and to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. Yes, I would love some water, thank you. So the gifts of the Spirit are for the building up of the body of the church, And the gifts of the Spirit, there are communication gifts as well as power gifts. The communication gifts where He's giving us word for our lives would be the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, prophecy, and tongues and interpretation. All of those can speak to the path of your life. So, when is the last time you had a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge or a word of prophecy or tongues and interpretation over your life? Think about that. If these are the gifts of the Spirit, they're for us. When's the last time we heard that? Now again, God may just give you a word of wisdom and you just understand it now. He may have given you a word of knowledge. You didn't even understand why, but you know something now. So it may be not as far back as you think. But Holy Spirit wants to show you your plan. He can do that through the still small voice where He drops it into your thoughts and you know it. He can do that through the gifts of the Spirit which may come from other people, but we'll talk about that in a minute. He may also want to speak to you through dreams and visions. Some people dream and don't remember their dreams. Okay, so but God also speaks through dreams. So quick little thing on dreams. Dreams can come from a multitude of work, according to Scripture. Your daily stuff can affect what you dream about. Not every dream is from God. But God does speak through dreams, and he does speak through visions. Joel 2.28 says that. Then after doing all those things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. You see, God created you and I for a purpose. He's put you on a life journey right now, whatever age you're at, you're on your life journey. It makes sense to ask him where your next step is. It makes sense to ask him. 
It makes more sense to ask him than it does to punch in a direction in your GPS. He is all-knowing much more than GPS or Google Maps. But you need to ask him. He will not force a direction on you. He will not bonk you over the head or drag you by the arm. Somebody like, I wish he would. I'm confused. (laughs) He won't. He's gentle. The Holy Spirit was represented as a dove. Doves are gentle. We raised doves when I was a kid. They're gentle. They don't kill other animals. They peck on little birdseed. The Holy Spirit, God's Spirit that comes and meets with us is gentle. He won't force you into anything. It said you'd hear a voice behind you saying this is the way, not a hand shoving you this way and that way. Big difference. In other words, you get to choose if you want to listen. All right. The Lord wants to talk to us. He wants to make things clear. Will we let him? So ask and let him. God will confirm and encourage us in our direction through other people and, according to Scripture, even angels. You see, I'm going to start with angels. Angels in Scripture in the New Testament gave life direction to Mary, to Joseph, to the shepherds, and to many others in the New Testament. One of those stories in the New Testament was Acts chapter 12 and verse 7. And this is the story of Peter when he is taken into prison. Herod captures Peter, takes him to prison with the purpose of he's going to kill him the next day to make the Jews happy because he already killed James. Herod was not a nice guy and he captures him. They put him in handcuffs, if you will, between two soldiers in a locked cell because they want to make sure he doesn't get away. And Acts 12 verse 7 says this, Suddenly... When you're asking for direction, when you're seriously seeking for it, get ready for a suddenly. He will show up. He will speak. But suddenly there was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, Quick, get up! And the chains fell off his wrists. I just want to say something about Peter right now. He's been captured. He's chained between two soldiers. They're going to kill him the next day. And he ain't the least bit worried. He is so sound asleep that the angel has to whack him on the side. Can you imagine that kind of peace? That kind of knowing that he's in the hands of God whether he lives or dies. I like it. The chains fall off his wrists. And he's told to get up. Verse 8, then the angel told him, get dressed, put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. The angel must have been like, this is the most sleepy, dopey guy I've ever... I got to tell him, put your clothes on. Now put your coat on, put your shoes on. (laughs) He was in a deep sleep. (laughs) Some moms right now, that's what happens with my (laughs) two-year-old. Next. So Peter left the cell following the angel. But all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. They passed the first and second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading to the city. And this opened for them all by itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street and then the angel left him. 
You see, an angel was sent because an angel was needed in that situation. Peter also heard from the Holy Spirit on a number of occasions, and no angel was necessary. But an angel was necessary to wake him up, apparently, and whack him on the side and tell him to get dressed. And he was set free. Gates opened supernaturally, spiritually. Guards stayed asleep, and chains fell off miraculously. You see, there was a whole bunch of believers praying for Peter that night. Everywhere they could, they were in prayer and fasting for Peter, for something great to happen so that he wouldn't be killed. Peter decides he's going to go to the nearest house he can, and when he gets to the house, he knocks. Oh, wait. That didn't sound very good. Oh, there we go. He knocks. Hello. Finally, a servant girl comes to the door, and Peter is like, hey, can you guys open the door? She's like, I can't believe it. God answered our prayer. It's Peter. And she runs back to the group that are praying. Guess what? Peter's at the door. And this house full of faithful believers looks at her and says, what? I think something's wrong with her. She's been fasting too long or she needs to sleep. They didn't believe her. She goes, no, it's him. I heard his voice. And then they're so faithful, believing that God is answering their prayer to set Peter free. They're like, it's probably a spirit. He's probably already dead. (laughs) Wow. Okay, we've all been in spots like that. We're praying, but are we really believing? Finally, they open the door and let him in, and it is Peter. God has answered their prayer and sent an angel. So yes, God can even use angels. However, we're not going to go deep into that today. God will more often use real people to come and encourage you and confirm what God wants for you in your life's direction. Acts 15, 28. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than these few requirements. You must abstain from eating food offered to idols, from consuming blood or the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. If you do this, you will do well. Farewell. This was a letter from the head church back in Jerusalem to the new believers who weren't Jews. Because some people were telling the new believers, well, you need to do everything that was in the old law, the circumcision, the sacrifices, all that stuff. So they had a meeting about it, prayed and said, the Holy Spirit says, you do not have to do all that crazy stuff, but here's some minimum things you need to do. Farewell. And the messengers went at once to Antioch where they were calling a general meeting of the believers and delivered the letter. And there was great joy throughout the church that day as they read this encouraging message. Then Judas and Silas, both being prophets, spoke at length to the believers, encouraging and strengthening their faith. The Holy Spirit wants to encourage you on your life journey. The Holy Spirit wants to strengthen you on your life journey, and He will use other people if you let Him. Okay. God uses other believers to confirm and encourage us in our life's direction. I believe He does it often. So as I begin to wrap up, I'm looking around... I need to say this first. You do need to know your final destination more than anything. 
If you're here today and you don't know for sure if you're going to heaven or to hell, you need to know that. The only way to know it is to accept Christ as your Savior. And that is so easy. Just like that gentleman did at the men's life group this week. He understood that Jesus died for him. Jesus paid the price for his sin and all he had to do was use his mouth and speak out what he believed in his heart. And so we do that here at our church. We take opportunity to do that. And we're going to do that right now. I'm going to pray a prayer that you can repeat after me just so that you can use your voice. And if you've never done this, you will be saved when we're done. It's that easy. So repeat this prayer after me. I'm going to ask all of you to join in. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died in my place. I thank you now for going to that cross, for shedding your blood and having your body broken for me. I ask you now, forgive me of all my sin. Make me new. I am yours and I am saved. Amen. Give God praise for that today.